welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Three days for a time of prayer and worship. So we're kind of in the middle of worship and something happened to me that I've never had happen since or before. And it was just like suddenly I was transported into something. So it wasn't as if I wasn't in the room. Obviously I was, but... Um, and I was in what seemed like massive fields with a lot of um, grain, you know, uh, corn or something like that. There was, there was just all sorts going on. And I wasn't by myself. I suddenly realised that I was in what was like an army, but the army was dressed in civilian clothes, not, um, not combat gear or anything. And uh, I could hear the army marching. And I knew in my head that the army sounded like locusts. I'd never even heard a locust up to this point, so I didn't know why I thought that. A locust, a little insect. In the Bible. uh, One of the plagues. Yeah, locust is like an insect. But they make a noise with their back legs. When they rub the back legs together, it makes like a sound. And I could hear that, and I knew that it was the army that I was in, marching and making this sound like locusts. Um, bizarre, I realise. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing particular about this army was that the word in my head was they were not jostling each other, which means um, okay, walking no. kind of... Let's jostle. Okay. Jostle would be, you know... Yeah. <laughs> away, right? yeah. They like, jostle, yeah? But instead, they were walking totally in step with each other. What? <laughs> just like that. Uh, <laughs> and then what I saw, what I saw was that they went, it was like they marched through England and went across the Channel and into Europe and this army was marching and crushing, bringing down every obstacle in its path. Um, So, and then suddenly I'm back in the worship uh, and I was stunned. I've never, and I don't know how long it was for, but never had an experience like that. So at the end of the worship, everybody's sharing pictures or whatever. So I feel I have to tell them this and we're all a bit like very nice (laughs) anyway the next morning my reading in the bible is joel chapter two which describes this army and in the version that i am reading out of uses the same locusts the army sounds like locusts it uses the same word uh, this jostling that i i felt that word, which would not have been a word I would have ever used, if you'd asked me to describe it. Um, and I'm sort of reading this passage in Joel too, and I, I sort of have to phone my mum because she was at the meeting the night before, and I say, look, I've just read exactly what, you know, we saw, I saw last night. Um, so, as a leadership team, we looked at it, you know, so what are you saying, God? And we didn't really have a clue. Uh, 
and it's only probably two or three years ago that I realised that what we were doing as school, which had been going on then a few years, was exactly this. Because it all sort of seemed to suddenly really make sense that um, this army, like Ben was talking about today, when you know how loved you are, there's no need to kind of jostle with each other for position, which is, I think, how you, you would use that word. Like, you know, if, if I feel insecure or I'm feeling um, rubbish about myself, I either tend to kind of shrink back and hide or I'll fight a bit just to show that I'm actually... I am a little bit better than you might think I am. Or Do you know what I mean? All different behaviours come out all because we don't realise how loved we are. So the fact that this army could march forward um, in love with one another then meant... So I could see that it was like a load of people coming here from England but also from different nations coming and grasping that truth of how loved they are and then being able to go back in, in you know influence Europe etc and the obstacles that come down see what are obst- obstacles to us we might think it's um, what would you say in the natural you know like your hills your finances your struggles in life and all that sort of thing but I think to to Jesus to the Father, those obstacles are anything that gets in the way of a person realising how loved they are. And a lot of religion, unfortunately, <laughs> puts us into a kind of understanding that, you know, I've got to I've got to pray harder, I've got to fast harder, I've got to try and do something myself, as Ben was saying, um, to earn this love. But it can't be earned. It's a free gift. And that little sentence that he read out, you know, that we're made whole and holy by his love. The church has made millions, probably. And, you know, uh, kept people enslaved. And by the church, I'm talking about ourselves in the past. By, you know, you've got... You've got to do something to be holy. Instead of realising, he did it for me. I've been made holy by his love. And as this army sort of loves one another and then goes out together in this love, those mountains of religion, those mountains where we've been whipping ourselves like Martin Luther, you know, um, trying to get holy or whatever, or trying to be made whole not have these simple reactions or whatever. Um, those mountains are just laid low. Because God's heart is that everyone would see the glory of God that is around the earth, which is you. And it's you. And it's me. So you 
you can look at yourself and the glory of God this is who I really am his son his daughter I see my significance I see my worth and I know those obstacles have to fall before me So yeah, I think that's what we didn't realise, but that's what doing this school um, that, you know, when God gave us that so far, so long ago it was like, this is I feel it's the outworking of it if you like um, Oh, yeah um, So I want to uh, in a sense carry on what Ben was saying. I, I obviously didn't know what Ben was going to say. That wasn't in the schedule. Uh, but it fits very well with what I want to talk to you about this morning. Uh, which one of those is the turn? Oh, sorry, I'll reach that. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, so we've just been to America as, as the, you know, we keep harping on about. And, and we make no apology for harping on about family because uh, family for us is just really possibly the, one of the most appropriate and helpful pictures of what life with God looks like as far as we're concerned. Um, and whilst in America our nine year old grandson bless him likes to be uh, likes to connect very intentionally all the time uh, so he always wants to be doing something so come on what are we doing now you know, from the minute he wakes up at half past six in the morning bless him um, and if we go on a car journey, uh, we, we play this game quite often, don't we? Who am I? Um, but he's a very, he has an interest in geodes. Do you know what geodes are? So it's, they're, they're like, um, they're not like, they're these really amazing rocks that have gone through some sort of process and they have all crystals inside them. And you, know, you, like when you crack a rock off and, and yeah, so he he actually you can buy now uh, a rock with a hammer, smash it open, and all these crystals are inside. I say that because we played this game, and on one occasion he chose not to be a person, but he chose to be a type of this rock, <laughs> which was a complete complete waste of time because we had no idea what he was, what he was talking about. Anyway, um, we. <laughs> So, what we're going to do is, Rachel is going to, we'll, we'll stick to humans, she's going to She's gonna think of a person, right, and we have got 20, we can ask her 20 questions to try and identify who this person is that she is thinking of, alright, and she can only answer yes or no to those questions, alright, and we're going to try and discover her identity, alright. Okay, is that all right? You're up for a bit of... Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. I go back. 
Lego bricks in the ankles. Oh, Lego bricks in your ankles, yes. Okay. So, you can ask the first question, Sheila. Okay, Rachel, are you alive? Yes. Okay. So, you ask, ask Are you a woman? No. Okay. <laughs> are you famous? Yes. Do you live in England? No. Okay. The, the challenge for me is remembering the answers to all the questions. <laughs> alive, male. Famous, not in England. Famous, uh, Okay, um, uh, are you... Uh, will I... Uh, mm, okay, uh, are you involved in sport? No. Nope. Are you a politician? Yes. Are you in America? Yes. Is it Donald Trump? Oh, I would not so, politician, did you ask that question? Mm. Yeah, politician. Uh, yes, politician, no Donald Trump. A live politician in America, but he's not right. Donald Trump. Are you white? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you Barack Obama? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well done, Rachel. Right. You see, the reason... That's just a bit of fun, but the reason I it, it's it's relevant to what I want to talk about is because I guess a bit like Ben and probably a bit like all of us, if we're honest, we don't really know who we are. What do you mean by that? Well, I know who I am. I have a passport to prove it. Okay, which contains certain irrefutable evidence, facts. Okay, that my name as given to me by my parents, so Andrew Robert Britton. Okay, I am British, born here. You you know can't deny that. Okay, uh, my date of birth is the sixth of December, nineteen fifty nine. Okay, so there you go. I I, I know who I am. Right, this proves it, but I don't know who I am. I didn't know who I was um, because I spent a long time trying to be somebody else trying to be the person I felt I needed to be in order for other people to love me um, the person I thought I needed to be in order for God to be pleased with me all those sorts of things Again, quite a lot like what Ben was saying. Um, but we're just going to... Hopefully I've got enough power. Unpack this a bit. Okay. All good talks deserve a PowerPoint. Note to Sharon. Oh, sorry, you just... I'm not on the right page there. Do you want to... Check out my current musical. Sorry, that wasn't supposed to appear. This is. Oh, and you're not supposed to see that slide yet because that's the end. That's close your eyes. Don't read that because that just ruined everything. You just now know the answer. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Don't look. Okay. This is a really significant, really significant date in history. 
really, really significant date in history. It's a long time ago, 1929. Really incredibly significant date in history. Do you want to hazard a guess as to why it's a really significant date in history? Random guess. You're going to have to pretend you haven't heard what I'm about to say. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Rachel has no idea. I'll give you a clue. Happy birthday. Well, no, that's not really a clue, is it? Um, no, yeah, and this, this clue won't work. Do, you, know, oh, you know when we went to Blackpool? Okay. Uh, sorry, this is really, really random. And we went in the arcades. Did you... There, there wasn't anybody playing bingo, was there? Do you know what bingo is? So you have a... Yeah. A card with numbers on, yeah. and the person at the front calls out the number. And you, if you've got it, and you get a line, you shout bingo, and you win, win the right? And the numbers range from one to ninety. Okay, and sorry, this is really long-winded. Um, but the, the 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 person who shouts out the numbers is called the caller, right? And the good bingo callers have little names for certain numbers. So they'll say, like, top of the house, 90. On its own, number one, right? Okay. And, and they say, 88, two fat ladies. Because it looks like two fat ladies, right? Okay. So add 88 to 1929, and you get 2017. And my father will be 88 on the 30th of July. <laughs> Was it worth it? No. <laughs> Okay, but my dad. What's up? My dad was born on the twenty ninth of July, thirtieth of July, nineteen twenty nine. So it's a very, it's a very significant date. Twenty seventh of March, nineteen thirty five. Do you want to guess? On that theme of father's birthdays. So that's when uh, Sharon's dad was born. Okay? And there's, that's Sharon's dad. That's my dad. That's Sharon's mum. I need one of those pointers. That's my mum. And look at those two wonderful people in the middle. Oh, look at that, eh? 6th of December 1959. Looks a lot like me, don't you think? No. Sorry? Yeah. That's me. Actually, um, hang on, I'll show you an even better one of me. Oh no, the bag's in the other room. So I've got another one that's really good. 17th of November 1960. Sharon came into the world looking like that. <laughs> So, um, 29th of September 1979. Okay. Do you love the way she's looking into my eyes? <laughs> now, 9th of May 1984. Anyone, do you want to guess what that might be? Given the, the sort of the family thing. No? Your first child. It's my son, Tim. 
our son, Tim. Okay? 6th of November, 1985. That's our daughter, Rebecca. <laughs> right. So why why on earth would I show you those pictures? In the English Revised Version of one John three verse one, we are children of God. We really are His kids. Right? Rebecca is ours. Tim is ours. They're our kids. And I, please, I'm not trying to be simple for the sake of being simple, but they're ours. <laughs> we created them. And I know I'm stating the obvious, but they're not yours. <laughs> Hours, and they are beyond precious, and they will always be ours. And as long as I'm breathing, they will be beyond precious. Okay, and as far as I am able, there isn't anything I wouldn't do for them. I don't have a day, I don't have a millisecond of a moment when I have anything other than utter love for them, joy at the the wonder of creation, because they're mine, they're ours, right? Now, if I, as an earthly parent, feel like that, about Tim and Rebecca. How does God feel about you? Assuming God has feelings. Okay? Right? It's just beyond comprehension. It is beyond comprehension. And again, if I'm, I make no apologies if, if I'm repeating something of what Ben said I didn't hear all that he said but they didn't you know appear on this earth to receive a lecture from me um, in which I was going to set some helpful parameters which would uh, define how life was going to go right so if you do A, B and C and D life will go really well if you do X, Y, and Z, life will go really badly, right? I know, I, when, when I talk like that, you think, well, of course, of course, of course, yes, of course, of course. I know that, I know that, I know that. But sadly, for most of us, for quite a lot of our lives, um, our, you know, our deepest thoughts don't actually match up to that reality. In term, and sometimes only we know whether or not, you know, we really, really believe that truth that God loves us because He loves us because He loves us because we really are His children. 
And we could talk a lot about the way children do life in a way that adults don't. <laughs> um, and it's a great, you know, theme that I would love to run through the school is to... God said to me once, I've had some really... Sorry, I've had some really profound prophetic words, okay? One of which was, don't ever grow up. And you think, oh. <laughs> so there's a there's an aspect to life that you can only really connect with I think if you adopt the attitude that I am going to be childlike not childish do you, you understand the difference childlike so we'll talk a lot about our children and our grandchildren because they give us really good uh, examples of what life is like and I may have mentioned this before already but again make no apology for, for mentioning it again um, uh, Reuben who is just over three we were staying at their house in Scotland a few weeks ago and he said, Grandpa come into the lounge, I want to show you something so um, we have to go over to the sofa so he said, I want to show you something Grandpa, sit on the sofa so I sat on the sofa and he stands on the sofa here, and he's three and he's wobbling, and I was like, ah, don't fall off and he says, Grandpa, I can fly. And he leaps over me onto the cushions with his arms spread out like this. Okay, now, he's, he's obviously not flying, okay? He's just leaping off the arm of the sofa. So, what, what do I do now? Do I tell him the truth? Because the truth is, that's not flying, Reuben. Or is it when you're three? You see, we can get very absorbed in the truth, okay? And actually, we can miss the fun of flying. And I don't want you to miss the fun of flying, all right? I said to him, Reuben, that's amazing. I didn't know you could fly. Show me again. And he got back on the edge of the sofa and jumped off. And then we put some cushions out to try and get him to jump further along the sofa so he could fly further. And we're just having fun. And if he wants to call it flying... He can call it flying. And if you want to call me an irresponsible grandparent, you can call me an irresponsible grandparent. <laughs> but I don't care. And I don't think he does. Now, the challenge with that is, 
you know, in a setting like this is potentially, you know, you've come here to discover some truth, right? That's going to help you with the rest of your life. And I'm telling you, it, it sounds like you can make up your own version of the truth right now, all right? It depends on the world that you live in. Okay? Now, when you're three and you're brave enough to leap off the sofa like that, why not call it flying? Okay? But let's have fun. Let's have fun. Because we're children. And children have fun. Okay? And if children don't know how to do things, and I love prophecy, okay? I'm going to say something that will really scare you. Well, hopefully it won't scare you. I love prophecy, but it can be so paralyzing at times because, God, if you don't tell me what to do, I can't do anything, right? Like, I need to know your will, God. What's your will? Right? Kids, if they don't know what to do, love to make it up. That's what playing it's all about, right? You know, um, we make it up. We, we just, if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't matter, right? Um, I'll try not to use all my grandson's stories today, so. <laughs> like Ben was saying, okay, and I just want to, you know, reinforce this chose to create you. We chose to create our kids. Right? God chose to create you. So, so what? Well, there's a version of the Bible called The Voice. Let us now conceive a new creation, humanity, made in our image, fashioned according to our likeness. I hope that's not too much strange English words. Fashioned would be, you would, um, Rebecca's tonight, you're going to go and do some pottery? Okay. So you get a lump of clay, yeah, and you put it on the wheel and you spin the wheel and then with your hands you fashion something. It's one of the, that's one of the ways we would use that word. So fashion in the sense of creating something. And she's getting very good at it. Aren't you? Thank you very much. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> right? But that's important, right? Because we're fashioned according to God's likeness. Right? You already look like God. Inside. Inside. Do you know what that is? Have you seen that before? Yeah, the picture. The picture. You've seen that picture before? Do you know where it comes from? I'm not really sure. Do you know where it comes from, T-Man? It's called the creation of Adam. I don't know which... So, okay, 
which one's God's hand and which one's Adam's? Alright, don't quite know. Okay, so it's actually here, right? And that is the roof of the Sistine Chapel. Okay. Now, it was painted um, quite a few years ago. All right. Are you are you familiar with the method that they used to paint when that was painted? Okay. Little history lesson. So, that was painted on the roof of of the Sistine Chapel. Okay. I don't know how tall the Sistine Chapel is, but we have, you know what scaffolding is? Like so metal and then boards so you can get up a building. So lots of ladders, like. right, lots of ladders fastened together to enable you to work on a, on a structure that is too high to reach, all right? And the paint that they used is, is really sort of stiff and gooey, it's like coloured clay, all right? Now... You are Michelangelo, right? Okay, and you are painting this picture. Right, so you are about to climb, I don't know how far, up a set of ladders in order to lie on your back and paint this thing above your head, all right? You're going to make sure you take plenty of colours, aren't you? Because you're not suddenly going to think, ah, I need a bit of blue. <laughs> right? And you've got red and green and, and, and you think, ah, oh, can I mix it, can I mix it, can I, oh, no, I've got to get up, go all the way down the ladder, right? Whatever, whatever, whatever. So, sorry. Um, it took, I think, three years to paint. Which is why we call it a masterpiece, right? So, on the art theme, do you know what that is? It's the world's most... Do you know what it's called? So clever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think originally, originally... I probably had two slides there, one with the picture, and then the logo <laughs> appeared later, and if somehow... Right. Okay. How much is it worth? It is actually called... I did write it down. I think I think I wrote it, wrote it down. Okay. Um, sorry, just go back to the creation of Adam. The, the Sistine Chapel in the Vatican, it took four years from 1508 to 1512. It's quite old. And it covers 500 square metres. I don't know how that equates to a football pitch. What's a football pitch would be? How many? How many metres by... Anyway, it's quite big. Um, impossible to put a value on it because you can't take it anywhere. You don't. That's the thing about this thing. You know, it's on a canvas. 
you can take it somewhere. So it, we can give it a value. All right, so the title of this painting is called When Will You Marry? And it was painted by a guy called Paul, and I don't know how to pronounce his surname, Gogan. Yeah? All right? Give me a, give me a number. Come on. One million. A million. Any, any advance on a million? Give me a number. It is apparently worth three hundred million pounds because somebody is willing to pay that much money for it. That earns it the right to be called a masterpiece. Okay? Now, sorry. Uh, no disrespect, but compared to Michelangelo's <laughs> Sistine Chapel, there's not a lot going on there, is there? You know? There's quite a lot that's like just the same colour. It's not particularly intricate. I have not got a clue why it's worth so much money. But it is because somebody wants to pay that, right? Three hundred million dollars, unfortunately. Okay, there you go. Three hundred million dollars. It's a masterpiece. Now. Okay, plenty of time. Okay, I'm going to look at. This is a very famous. Have you have you got a Bible on your phone or something? Have you? I'd like you to look up Ephesians two ten. Preferably in something. Have you got a what version of the Bible have you got? German. German version. <laughs> In the New King James, can you can you read it to me? But can you read it in English? Is that all right? Yeah. Are you going to have to translate? For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay. We are his workmanship, created for... Created in Christ Jesus. Created in Christ Jesus for good Works. Okay. Work. Work. Workmanship. 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 Okay. I'd like to show you another translation. Um, I, I think the Greek is poema. Right? which is poem. Another way of translating it would be we are God's masterpiece. Now that gives it a slightly different feel. Would you not agree? Okay. If I said, oh, um, how could we... 
if we go back to this whole workmanship, um, we would use that word. Do, do you have a do you have a, a, a comparable English word for workmanship rather than masterpiece? So just go back to your German translation. Have you got it in German, Marek? Uh, I have NIV. Yeah, NIV in German. No, right, okay. I want to know, so what would your, how would your German Bible translate that? The word workmanship. We are his work. We are his work. That's the word, so, right, okay. Um, We are his work. Okay. You see, fundamental, Work, generally, I think, I hope you would agree with me, implies effort and reward. You know, in the, in the general sense of the word, we undertake work, we go to work. It's something that we do in order to earn, yeah, unless we volunteer. Okay, but it's definitely an activity that is designed to produce some result, isn't it? Yeah, and it's not generally associated with fun. It's not generally associated with relaxation. It's not generally associated with pleasure. That's not to say that work's not pleasurable or anything like that. But work is very much about do, 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 get something done. Okay? Um, If we went to watch a football match... Okay, sorry. um, you, You... We would say to a player who tries really hard but doesn't have a lot of natural talent, he would give you a very workmanlike performance. So it's, you know, it's about effort, it's about sweat, it's about energy, it's not really about fun, and it's not really so much about skill, right? So... It's one of the first verses I ever learned. You know, I am his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, good works, you know, created for me since the foundation of the world. So I'm like, okay, God, where's the work? Give me the work, give me the work. God, you obviously want me to work. What's the, what's the work? What's the work that you want me to do? Right, okay, well, I've got to save the world. I've got to, you know, pray 17 hours a day. I've got to fast 26 hours a day. Just being silly, right? But... You're focused on activity, you're focused on trying to achieve, you're you're focused on getting things done. You understand the interpretation that comes from using that word. However, if you were just to shut your eyes for a second and say to yourself, I... I'm God's masterpiece. 
enough of that. <laughs> Just who says you're a masterpiece? You or him? Him. Right? He has decided you are a masterpiece. Now, what I'm what I'm attempting to do here is to give you permission to think differently. Okay? Because if you're anything like me, for years and years and years, you've you've done the thinking because the thinking produces activity and the activity you think will get you to a place that you want to be or need to be. Okay. So there's this sort of we call it utopia, you know, where we will be fully acceptable to God, totally holy, you know, walking in his perfect will, whatever it might be, okay. Now, if you say to us, what do you believe you're holy? Well, holiness is a process. Do you believe you're where you want, where you want to be with God? Well, I'm on a journey. Right? And we have, we have all these phrases that actually perpetuate and encourage a life of unrest. Because we're not quite where we need to be. Or we're not quite where we ought to be. Alright? And what I want to try and do, repeatedly over the, the school, is to give you, is to put things completely the other way around, like that, and say, okay, I'm going to tell you some things that I believe are true about you. Now, I may not have a lot of evidence to support that truth, but I don't need it, right? Because it's true whether you believe it or not. The evidence, I would like to suggest to you, will appear in increasing measure the more you believe, the more you practice living in this truth, like Ben was saying. Okay, So I'm not practicing in order to get somewhere I'm practicing because I am somewhere. Right? Okay? And other people other famous people have said this. If you believe you're a sinner, saved by faith, you'll sin by faith. Right? Okay. If you define yourself and you know, sinner, saved by faith. You're still focusing on the sin thing and you'll sin by faith. I'm just trying to make an awkward point there, but I'd like to ask you, what is worship? Give me a definition of worship. And we'll end with this. Come on. What's worship? You, I'm, I'm giving you a big hint there. Pretend that slide wasn't there, and I just said to you, okay, what is worship? Well, it's what we do on a Sunday when we come to church, or it's what we do in our 
quiet time or it's whatever, whatever, whatever. I worked out a really great definition of worship once based on the, you know, the, 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 they call it, um, what do they call it? Acronym, is it? Okay, so W-O-R, this works in English, S-H-I-P, right, worship. So a weekly organised ritual, because we do it every week, so it's a ritual, singing hymns in public. There you go. That's worship. Well, we did that yesterday, didn't we? No, we did that on Sunday. It was organised. We do it every week, right? Hymns, songs. The public were invited. There you go. There's definition of worship. I think worship, we'll unpack what worship is over the next few weeks. But worship, okay, cannot exist in isolation, can it? If I say to you now, okay, boys, worship. Come on, show me worship. Demonstrate it to me. What do you need? What do you need in order to do that? Well, you need something or someone, don't you? It has it it doesn't exist in a vacuum worship, does it? It's not like, oh that's worship, right? It's a response. Okay? It's a response. Um so worship well, what am I worshipping? Who am I worshipping? You know? How extravagant do you want me to be in my worship? You know? We have a stadium three miles up the road and once a fortnight 75,000 people worship 11 people in red shirts who kick a bag of wind around the pitch it's worship they sing songs in public it's not weekly though so it's only fortnightly (laughs) well actually they go somewhere else on the other weeks right and the, the you know the they they sing hymns, don't they? Abide with me. They sing, they sing hymns. Well, we do that in English. I don't know whether you sing hymns, right? It's worship. <laughs> Sorry. Right. I would like to suggest to you that one definition of worship is our response to the revelation that we are his masterpiece. And I want you this week, not just this week, but for the rest of your lives, to begin to entertain the possibility that that might be true. Right? Because I didn't entertain that possibility for years and years and years and years. Right? And I tried very hard to be his masterpiece. And then, one day, I discovered I already was. I mean, I know this is, this is going to sound really ridiculous. Okay, but do you see that picture trying really hard to be a masterpiece? I'm being, you know, that is a ridiculous thing to say, isn't it? Okay. What did the picture do? The picture did nothing other than, I mean, let's give the picture an identity for a second. The picture allowed itself to be created. 
and in the in the in that process got the got the definition. Right? Paul Gauguin. It's like three hundred million dollars. Do with a bit more colour. Um, so, right. So I'm just going to pray because I think it must be nearly half past twelve now. Um, so, oh, right, okay, well, if you've got six minutes, I'm just going to nip next door and um, But sometimes you just got to do some really radical things, all right? Do you want to see a masterpiece? <laughs> you see so? <laughs> you see so? You see so? Now we've done this, right, in school. Put a mirror up. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> and people have run out of the room. Just like, you can't say that. You can't say that about me. Because they just don't believe it. Well, the best worship you can give to God is agree with Him. Just agree with Him. Because He's a bit cleverer than you and me. <laughs> So if he says it, well, it just might be true. Okay? And I can tell you from personal experience, as I've begun to live more in that reality, what I think, you know, just to use that analogy, you know, I started before and I said, I'm thinking, my thinking produces activity so that I can get to somewhere that I feel I need to or want to get to. But how's about I start from the place that I am already here and I'm going to think about that and that is going to produce some different activity. And I know it's difficult to imagine, but I didn't used to be this happy. (laughs) Um, And you asked my wife, Right, and she will tell you I didn't used to be this nice to live with okay but when I discovered a greater understanding of that this truth who am I I am a masterpiece and like Ben was saying before you know before God thought about anything he thought about you and me it's like how precious is that there's only, there's very few ways you could insult me, but one of the ways you could insult me would be to ask me how much you would need to pay to buy my kids. Right? Oh, yeah, Tim, Tim's a great lad. We really, you know, we, we really need an acoustics engineer 
Name your price. That's like... <laughs> but I'm not allowed to do that. Right? Because it just doesn't... It, that, that, that thing doesn't work because we can never talk about buying. You can never talk to me about buying my kids. Right? They're not for sale. We don't do buying and selling of my kids. They are, like I said, they're beyond precious. And God thinks like that about you. And you're his masterpiece. So let's pray. And if you want to continue talking to him, it's, it's really good this, because if you want a really big version of yourself... <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's really scary. Anyway, it's probably the wrong focal length there, but if you get it right, it's, it's really helpful. No, stay on that side. Let's pray. Okay, um, put your hand on your head this time. Okay. We used to do this when we were naughty at school. Hands on heads, children. Um, God, I want to pray for revelation in our minds, but also in our hearts, that we are your masterpiece and you chose us. You chose to create us. You chose to have a relationship with us. And the, the highest, the most beautiful form of worship we can offer you is to agree with you and enjoy that level of relationship and communion. And I pray that over the, even the rest of this day, uh, we would give ourselves permission to look at ourselves as a masterpiece created by you. Your name. Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.